Should you keep your leadership team or making changes, particularly if you are a new CEO role or a new senior executive? Well, that's a dilemma of many, many, many CEOs or senior leaders. What to do with the team members, especially when you inherit it. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you some reasons or some consideration for you if you are facing the dilemma right now and you don't know what decisions to make. It also give you some different lights, different ideas, or maybe perspective that can help you to make the decision. So that's what we're going to talk today in this episode. Stay tuned because I know that is important for many of you. So let's get going. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of the World Class Leader Show. By the way, our YouTube channel is growing exponentially, so I'm very happy. And also, I would like to thank you if you follow the show as well on YouTube for your interaction. So we publish a few episodes and the results so far are incredible. So it sounds like what we are doing in this show is really resonating. So that's great. Um, now, let's focus on what I would like to cover this episode. So as I said in my introduction, I want to surface something that is really critical, is important. Is the fact that when you are a new CEO, and by the way, to that matter, any new role that you have, primarily in a leadership role, you always face a challenge. And that is probably the biggest challenge that any leader has is, do I retain the current leadership team that I have? Or is it better if I make changes? And by the way, that's interesting because when you are new in a role, so let's take the CEO as an example. When you are new in that role, um, there are two different situations. One is you have been promoted to the CEO and you were part of the leadership team. And that's different, right? Because you know already most of the team members. So probably you are already in a very good position to make decisions, say, okay, I want to keep this, I want to make changes. So in other words, there is definitely a competitive advantage of being part of the leadership before. Um, the other circumstances is when actually you inherit a new team and either because you've been moved to that team or because you have been appointed as CEO from outside. And then really the challenge is, what can we do with this, right? So shall we keep the team or not? Now, here's an interesting, you know, observation from my years of work with CEOs and their leadership team. Most of the time, new CEOs or executives, they're really kind of a force to keep the team they have not chosen. And by the way, they might have really to make difficult decisions only to change the course of the company. Now, this is daunting because, look, it's also an opportunity for the new leaders to make their own mark and leave their own legacy. So it's an interesting dilemma, right? And when I was thinking about this and I have my own observation, I was actually looking at an interesting research or article I read recently on, on a magazine, on a publication. I think it was the chief executive. And uh, they define or identify four different uh, considerations uh, for uh, you as a CEO, um, whether you should replace or not replace the team members of your leadership team. So I had a look to these four factors, and I wanted to go through with you briefly um, and see whether that resonates 
other there might be more and that's probably my advice at the end anyway so one factor is the incompetence right so and that's by the way that's probably the easiest ring right so it's the first and perhaps the most apparent criterion right now, a new leader really needs to identify leadership team members um, who lack the requisite skills and capabilities for the future roles and the vision. So, and they don't necessarily show their potential, uh, especially potential to acquire them, you know, within a reasonable time frame. Now, we can debate a lot about what is a time frame, because I have seen many CEOs waiting at least, at least for six months. Other making very faster decisions, and other waiting even longer. Now, if you ask me, I would say six months right now is too long because the current pace uh, of businesses, of market changes, uncertainties, to me, they don't offer any more than six months time frame. I think we should really be able to make that decision faster. Now, with some you know, elements of risk, right? You're going to increase your risk of making bad decisions because you're maybe speeding up a process that might take longer. But I'm sure that you are thinking like me. You have a really very, very good sense. I mean, the reason why you are at the top because probably your instinct is very good. Your gut feeling is great. So I'm sure that you feel something. Nonetheless, I think you must give the opportunity to people to demonstrate that they can do it Probably because they are now in a new contest with a new CEO. And I've seen people transform, literally transform, just because they had, they had a different leadership. So that's to me anyway is important, right? So the incompetence. Uh, the second point is signaling the need for change. And that is really much, much, I think, what is in, in, in CEO's mind most of the time. So look, changing people is also a signal that you are making change, right? Now, this strategy is not always probably effective. I would say it's particularly useful when the leader must move the organization in a new direction and still a shift in mindset. For example, turnaround is always a very good case. But again, I think it's also still, as I said, a shift in mindset. So there are many examples of organizational leaders that made the decision really to get the signal. The third factor is... That's interesting when I read it. So it's the high performing. So high performers are not, are, of course, are assets, but they can also become liabilities when they fail to align with the corporate direction. So these individuals might, I'm just reading here now, might harbor negativity, spread rumors, and create discord with the team, which ultimately undermine morals and productivity. And I would add, really undermine the culture. Look, in, if you know me, I have uh, recorded other episodes in the past talking about the notion of the prima donna. So those people, they are high performers, but actually they are consciously and unconsciously creating toxic behavior, so toxic culture and organization. And many CEOs really have another dilemma in front of them, say, what shall we do with them? Shall we keep them because they're bringing results? Or shall we let them go because they are really ruining or jeopardizing the culture they have created? To me, the, que- the, the answer is very easy. You should, really, um, you should really fire them or let them go because culture is what is going to really make a difference in the medium-long term. Of course, I can also understand there are some CEOs that really have the pressure to deliver short-term results either because they're private equity uh, backed or because there is a need, maybe as I said, in turnaround to 
you know, turn the tables reasonably quickly so you don't have the luxury to wait. Again, it's really a double-edged sword. So for me, I would always go in one single direction, but I can understand when sometimes CEOs are trying to do a trade-off and say, look, let's try, let's try to mitigate you know, their, their behaviors, the impact of their behaviors, because they are so much important for me right now for the performance. It's a big dilemma, by the way. It's a very interesting dilemma. So we might have a different opinion about it. And finally, the fourth factor is... And that's probably the most interesting one to me, is the personality misfits. Look, personality eventually clashes, you know, might require change, right? So, look, that's, again, very interesting because team members must work cohesively, as we know, collaboratively. Uh, NCO needs to be able to trust the collective impact as a team. So if someone is essentially eroding trust in the team because personality-wise, it's not a fit. That's another interesting factor to consider when it comes to making changes. Now, if I look at these four, probably the personality misfits, along with the, the signaling for need of change, is probably the least used. So again, CEOs probably waiting too long before making a decision because they have, uh, I would say, the typical optimism by themselves, you know, they can get well along together. At some point, they can... Look, and based on the work I do, because I do a lot of work in mindset and with leadership teams, I think that could be resolved, by the way. I think personality misfits can exist, but in reality, if you find a way to create a collective mindset for impact, well, there's not a problem anymore. I've seen many leaders really many teams actually work so well together because they change their way of thinking about themselves and their role into the leadership team. So that's an interesting. So look, I read this article and I decided to, you know, to record an episode because that's to me is very interesting, very interesting. So because I know that most of you, most of CEOs and also most of the executives are listening right now they might face this challenge right now. What shall I do with my team? So here's my view. Okay, so we went through the four major considerations. We said incompetence, signaling the need for change, especially during turnaround or disruption, and then what to do with the high performance, and finally personality misfits. In my view, you know, if I look at these four, I went through all of them, but I would say I want to go back a second to the signaling the need for change. Um, because as I said, many CEOs, I don't think they make changes to their teams, um, or maybe they do when it's too late, because as I said, they are really optimistic in nature. And that is good. You know, they believe that by changing the perception of the organization, their executive will become ambassadors for change and drive it internally. They have this high expectation that once they define the vision for change, people will get along. And that is not, unfortunately, how this happens. So I don't want to get, you know, past data, but we all know the major change initiatives in organizations fail, you know. I don't know whether the numbers are still valid, but, you know, this is 70, 80% of change or transformation issues, they fail. The risk is still high. I don't know whether it's still the same number, but the risk is very high. So, and again, look, not making changes in a, in a leadership team it could be a risk for a company, especially those companies that require immediate change. Um, so if, if you are a CEO or a senior executive right now that is owning the change initiative in your organization, I want you to 
reflect whether you have been driven so far by any sort of optimism bias. So are you too much confident about outcomes from your team? Are you too much confident that things will work out at the end? Are you too much confident that the team is going to do what they said they're going to do? Because, you know, doing and saying, as you know, is a very different thing. Look, in my experience, optimism bias can really hurt performance. And by the way, that goes beyond just the need for change. That is a general important notion in, in business. You know, we when we are driven by an excess of optimism, we really can hurt our own performance. So in this context about the leadership team, replacing leaders who can potentially hinder change doesn't only guarantee effective transformation, so outcomes, successful outcomes, but here's the thing. It also gives a strong signal to the entire organization that change is coming and, most, important, most importantly, that this is serious. So I want you really to reflect on this. So, And by the way, if you have any questions or any comments, let me know. So connect with me either on email, on, on LinkedIn, you see on the show notes. And share, maybe, you know, share with me your experience with the leadership team. And you're facing a challenge right now, you don't know what to do, or you want to start from scratch in your leadership team and you want to start powerfully and, you know, in doing some sort of closure from the past, that's great. So I can definitely help you because that's what I've been doing for many years, working with CEOs and their new form leadership team. Anyway, so food for thoughts. I thought that was useful, insightful, and again, if it if he is, I please really would like to ask you to leave a positive review on Apple. And uh, that's the way, for, unfortunately, for us to <laughs> to trigger the algorithm so we can get more visibility. This show is growing exponentially, not only on YouTube, as said before. By the way, have a look to the show as well there, but also on on all other platforms. So it's a good moment. So, but if we want to keep the momentum, positive reviews on Apple are. Probably the most important things. So it's free. It takes a minute, or maybe less. So I will appreciate that. So thank you so much again, guys. And see you next week with another amazing guest. <laughs>